All right, welcome to the Root Issues podcast, where we're gathering around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. I'm Brian Matthew, and with me we have Pastor Steve Woodrow and Pastor Chris Henderson. And like always, we're going to be here every Wednesday. It's kind of a midweek jolt of midweek. You know, check in. Check in. Check up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to follow up with what we talked about on Sunday, yeah. um, but also just you know, to, d- to dive in a little bit deeper, to really dig into to some of these root issues, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, would you mind just uh, for some of the listeners, just recapping what you talked about when, you know, you discussed crucifixion or what was your title? Compromise. Or compromise. Yes, yes. Uh, can you just recap what you talked about on Sunday? And yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think we started the day off with this question of really uh, <laughs> asking, um, how do we know we're alive? And uh, it might be kind of a silly question, but I think it's, it's one that um, we see in the Scripture. It does not word it exactly like that, but uh, Paul says we're to check in on our faith. We're to examine ourselves to see if our, you know, we're in the faith. And uh, how do we know if we're spiritually alive? And uh, we obviously in the, this Revelation series, and we've uh, talked on Sunday about the letter to the church in Sardis, and so let me just read that for us and as we get into that this morning. And this is uh, chapter 3 of Revelation. And uh, this is Jesus' letter to the church. And we know that these letters, right, are all written to, uh, there's seven letters, so that's the complete number, the whole complete aspect of Jesus' message to the church that we're to heed and, and, uh, and understand. And, and each ends with, he who has ears, let him have, e- uh, uh, may have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so we're to be listening for the Lord to speak to us. Lord, what, what do we need to, as a church, as a people, heed from these letters? So this is his message to uh, Sardis. He says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. And strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then. What you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so this is the church Jesus says, wake up. You, mm-hmm. you know, This is the church that Jesus says, wow, you think you're alive. You've got all this activity going on, this religious activity going on, but there's, there's no life. And, uh, and this is why I think we have to just be honest, ask our calls individually as well as a church. Are we alive? And how do we know right, we're alive? And so we just kind of circled our discussion uh, on these verses around this idea of that our soul is either coming alive because we are walking with Jesus and learning to deny self and take up crucifixion, or our soul is dying because we're compromised with the world around us. And uh, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross, and I was take up crucifixion and follow me. Um, that's how life, right, comes to us. Uh, the other, only other option is that we are, uh, our soul is is being uh, kind of comprom- put in compromising position. We start compromising with the world around us, and we lose life quickly. And uh, and Jesus told this church that they were dead. That's some strong language, right? And we know the good news here is Jesus has all the resources, right, uh, that we need to come alive again. And there's only one who can bring us individually alive uh, if we're dead, 
We all were at one point spiritually dead, right, until Christ awakened us. So it's through his death and resurrection, the glory of the gospel, that we all can have life, that, that uh, we can come back from the, from the dead as such, our souls in salvation as well as a whole church, right, um, if we lean on him. Yeah. And I think one of the points that I, I took out of uh, Sunday, you actually mentioned the idea of a pandemic of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for me, sometimes I think about, like, am I, am, am I alive? Like, you know, externally, obviously, yes, I am. Internally, like, what does that look like? Yeah, like, I have a pretty vibrant spiritual life. But then you, you think about things like the pandemic of anxiety and how many times am I stressed or hurried or uh, worried or, you know, things like that. Yeah, um, and, you know, one of the books that I've been reading or actually listening to, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah, John uh, Mark Comer, phenomenal book. Yeah, and he, you know, just talks about going back to the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Uh, and, you know, for me, like, when you think about am I alive, like, am I am I pursuing those fruits in my life? And am I seeing those, you know, come out in, in myself, in my wife, and my kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think it, there's no question I, that's the pandemic we're not talking about, right, is the pandemic of anxiety. <laughs> right. And obviously, Brian, you're working with families and children, right? We're seeing, right, um, again, that the stats right now are alarming, right? And uh, the good news, though, is we have the answer, right? The answer yeah. for all this is just uh, for a hurry, busy uh, culture and heart, right, is is the gospel, you know, and uh and I think what, what John Mark does in his book so well is the idea of, uh, you know, saying that we, we get so far out, right, ahead of our souls. We're just in this, I think somebody's defined it as the uh, busyness disease, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, and it just robs our soul, you know, and it's now affecting our, our, our children at all different levels where, uh, I don't even know, when I was growing up, I don't know about y'all, but... Uh, Stress, I didn't, wasn't even my vocabulary. <laughs> right. I don't even know what the word was, right? Um, Everything was just kind of natural. Like, it's, you know, yeah. natural progression. You have deadlines, whatever. You just meet them. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, I actually talked to um, a dad recently, and he said no matter what their child is going through, middle school and high school, they're diagnosed now medically with, like, anxiety, which, you know, that puts in their head that there's something wrong. You know, I need to to self-medicate or whatever it looks like, and... Uh, yeah. Well, I'm hopeful that, you know, if you're listening and, and that's part of your kids and you feel like that's part of your life, like you had mentioned on Sunday that the, the AED, DFib, yeah. jolt, right. you know, we need a jolt of God to kind of kickstart our heart, yes. make sure we're alive. But can you just dive in, like, what would that look like? Like, as a non-believer, mm-hmm. obviously hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, and it's easy to say, oh yeah, that's a jolt of life. But yeah. for, for believers out there that may be stuck in a rut or just kind of going through the motions... What what would a jolt look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, that 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 picture was kind of seared in my head. Of you know, we have this AED on the wall down there, you know, and uh, uh, I think that's what he's telling the church in Sardis, you know, which is you you need a uh, you need the Holy Spirit to put the paddles on your heart, right, and 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 bring you alive because we are so wrapped up. This busyness disease has us as a people, and even in the church. Uh, wrapped up in activity without anointing. We talk about that idea. If we're just wrapped up in all kinds of spiritual, religious activity, but without any anointing, and and um, you know this this idea of of boy uh, having a, 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 a 
intimacy with God and having our, our soul jolted and, and woken up. We see it all through the scripture. It's why Jesus said to the early church, wait here, don't go out and get all busy on the mission, right? This is Acts 1, you know, wait. And the gospel needs to go out, but first, you, you need to, a jolt of power. You need some, some the Holy Spirit to lead and fill. And, and um, boy, there's a lot of things we could say there, but I think this, the, the Christian life is a supernatural life. And I think something shifts in our life, right, where we, we start to look to God and, and really see our weakness. Um, I think it's in Comer, in his book, I think he says, we learn of God's will through our limitations. And it's understanding our weaknesses. It's when we do that and that we cry out to God to come. Uh, that, that's where the Holy Spirit responds, right, um, in, a, in a big way. And we have all kinds of, the, the spectrum of the supernatural life is vast of what's available to us. But it begins, I think, right with the first um, beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. Theirs is the kingdom of God. And with that comes all those fruits you're talking about and a whole other level of living life. Well, what is poor in spirit? It means I, I first have to come to this greater this awakening. And this is for someone before they're saved, as well as a Christian, just to get a renewal in our life of really being honest with, Lord, I, am, I have nothing. I need you. I have not, I cannot do this life on my own. I need you. I need your life, the life of God inside my soul. Yeah. And then a practical thing, maybe we'll get into it, is just, I think, discipleship. It's, it's getting, mm-hmm. making that step of faith to, to, to reach out and say, I need, I need to learn how to follow Jesus. Can I, can I, can I, you know, be a part of that group, be with you, show me how to do this, right? right. And, you know, from a selfish standpoint, having young kids uh, sometimes it's hard to to step into the discipleship so um, chris or steve you know what would you say for advice for for people who are looking to you know they don't we don't want to uh contribute to the busyness but like what does discipleship look like for you guys as you guys have older kids now and uh like for young families um parents with you know two three four year olds what did discipleship look like for you guys yeah, yeah, Chris. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I understand your question. <laughs> well, I mean, like discipleship obviously is yeah. needed for everyone. Okay. I feel like it's Are you put on the back burner for for yeah. parents who have young kids because they're just we're busy. Like right. we we feel like you know we we have okay. that pandemic. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, how do you disciple uh, a two year old? I'm like, well, well yeah. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. yeah. Well, that that yeah. too, yeah. I mean, that too. But you I mean, pray, you know, pray a lot. Yeah. You do, Which you on a side a note, guys, yeah. the uh, in the weekly that went out uh, today that made you sent out, we put a resource in there, and you could just go to desiringgod.com, which is John Piper's ministry, and he has a there's a beautiful blog uh, article out there about um, moms um, discipling their being disciple makers. It's really an encouraging so cool. thing for yeah. any mom who's in the throes of being you know, having kids on her arms all day to show that she can do just what we're talking about here. It's some great encouragement on that point. Well, yeah, I mean, I I would say, like, for somebody who feels like their timeline is already full and already maxed out, that discipleship should be the thing that energizes you to be able to get Mm -hmm. through all the other busyness. Like, for me, it's like, you know, just always finding that time to gather with one or two others. I mean, I mean, I've got a standing lunch, you know, with a buddy, and we've met for like I think last four years, mm-hmm. you know, every Thursday when we're in town. Um, we just did home church with our life group, yeah, and that was just incredible, encouraging, and 
it was discipleship in the sense of us as families holding each other accountable. You may not find that early morning group. You may not find that late night group, mm-hmm. but you can find something. And I think if that becomes a priority and becomes a life force so that you say that I need to prosper on the inside so I can prosper on the outside, mm-hmm. when you have that mentality, I think the anxiety, I think a lot of the stress alleviates itself Yeah, that's good because you're in the right place. And, I mean, one of the things that I was just kind of, as I was listening to Steve's message on Sunday, was this question. It, it's, it's, a, it's a loaded question, <laughs> but I'm going to throw it out there. And so we can kick it around because I think discipleship plays into this. But how does our response to COVID compromise us? Hmm. Okay. Because, I mean, we were talking about compromise and being compromised. This church obviously became compromised, not our church. The church in Revelation became compromised. And so it received a message that you are dead. You're not alive. You look as though you're alive, but you're dead. You need to wake up. And so I feel like, you know, that in the church of America, for sure, there has been like a compromise in the desire to be alive spiritually. Yeah, that's a that's a big bomb question. That wasn't <laughs> uh, not that we have a script, but uh, well, interesting. I, I just put a blog out, actually, and it's in the weekly as well. Mm-hmm. And it's on um, mandates and conviction. And I think my answer to that is it, there's a simple answer to that because yeah. we have we have the church has not responded well, and I think what's revealed is that um, uh, that we have responded. We were forced with with this thing that we never had to deal with before. And rather than taking the time to let my conviction and my view on something, whether it's whatever the issue is, mass vans, you know, go down right. the list of issues, rather than taking time with the Lord, asking the Spirit of God to show me truth, what does the Word say? God, I need wisdom on this issue. And setting in that place, having ears to hear, what is the Spirit saying, right? What is the Spirit saying in this time as a church, as a people, through all this COVID stuff, how are we to respond? And, uh, in that blog, I, I mentioned Romans 14 is wonderful. It's, it's to, it, Paul talks about this issue of how we're to respect one another with yeah. di- indisputable issues. In other words, the law is not laid. Obviously, Bob's clear we obey the law. But on issues, for the John, uh, Romans 14 talks about, well, do we eat meat or not? Do we drink wine or not? In other words, that Christians can have different convictions on things. Mm-hmm. So throw a mask in there. Throw a vaccine in there. Whatever it is, is w- what Paul uh, just commends the, or, or, or uh, exhorts the church about is to respect each other's um, conviction mm-hmm. and get into the conversation about drilling down is what is my motivation? Have I done my time to know that my f- my decision is based on faith and on the word or is it just based on the media, my own bias or my own selfishness of, hey, I don't want to wear a mask. Well, that's a wrong reason, you mm-hmm. know, to do whatever. And... Uh, you know, so the premise of, of Romans 14 is this idea that any decision a Christian makes, it needs to be by faith. Otherwise, it's sin. And so that would be my answer, yeah, I think. Yeah. And so you take this back to the church at Sardis. They were compromising church. And they, uh, they started just blending in with the culture more. So when it came to wisdom, when it came to making a decision on things, is that they, um, they compromised, right? They yeah. didn't take that time. And, and that just snowballs, right? If I'm not going to the Word of God... Uh, first, um, and this is why Jesus says to them, "I have found your works not complete. You know, you have not accomplished the mission I gave you." So they got all wrapped up in activity, all kinds of things, but they missed the main target of the mission: go make disciples of all nations and uh, and, and have a witness mm-hmm. uh, for my name in that community. And quickly, their witness died in the midst of that. Yeah, actually, uh, 
kind of related, but I just uh, <coughs> was watching on social media this one pastor that I, was, I follow. He's a tatted up guy. You know, obviously I respect that because I have a few of my own. Uh, but, you know, he's responding to this question, should Christians have tattoos? Another, you know, it's types, types of questions that, like, what should you do? And his response was, well, one, is it honoring God? Because it's almost a personal conviction. Like, it's, it's your relationship with God, but also is it hindering uh, your ability to... Uh, display the gospel to, this you know to, to others yeah. uh and you know what no doesn't matter what it is but right. you know for me personal conviction yes i have some yeah but is it going to be honoring god is it going to hinder my ability to uh sure. you know talk about the gospel and i think right. it could go right. covid could go any anywhere right yeah right uh, absolutely and the question again is back to motivation god right. wants to know what's the heart what's right. the heart behind that you know because it's not a it's not clearly laid out as law in in the scriptures so mm. it's something that we c- we need to have faith and wrestle with it right? right and make sure we're right with god on that funny side note on that we had in when i was michelle and i were in atlanta i had in our ministry one of our drummers he was all tatted his whole back <laughs> was tatted out and he was a he's a phd in chemistry and a law and right now he runs a huge law firm in atlanta and uh and he did because we were in a baptist church that was very spoke against mm. like that's evil you know that's marking yeah. on and on and so he wrote a whole dissertation on just this issue. Right? And <laughs> yeah. I still have it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I was hoping you were like, funny story. When I was yeah. in Atlanta, I got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, I mean, it's like, for me, it's like when we look at compromise, I think it's that ability to deceive us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's the old adage of like, you don't know you're deceived when you're deceived. Mm-hmm. And so like. My question, you talked a lot about deception. You talked a lot about wanting us to, you know, move in the anointing as the church was called to move into anointing. But what do we do and how do I, like personally, how would I take an assessment of, am I deceived? Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like out of the one of the women's magazines, like, you know, answer these 10 questions to determine whether or not you're deceived. <laughs> Better be careful. That's probably not just women. I know. Yeah, that's okay. what I was, I was laughing at. I was like, okay. That's, that's what I was Chris at ccaspen.com. <laughs> if anything's going to be offensive, it's going to be me. Uh, oh, that's funny. You know, so, uh, yeah, good question. And, uh, you know, I, I, the idea of deception, I, again, this comes back to something we talked about on Sunday. It's just, boy, it, it, these letters are written to the church and to believers who are, in other words, all through the history of the early church, there was no concept of someone that was a follower of Jesus that was not membered, right, to the body, a member of the body. Um, and so that's that's the, the safest way we see in yeah. Scripture. To be in the body is to have a bigger protection than we'd ever, ever realize, right, um, based upon and then just being saturated under the teaching of the Word, right, um, and many other things there. But I, I'll loop that back to this idea of crucifixion or compromise and, uh, you know, where Jesus is calling this church to come back to the Great Commission, come back to making disciples, come back to the basics of what did I call you to do and what does it mean to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' clear words were to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, follow me. And uh, that, that, that's at the very essence, right, of, of what we're all about. And so the question is, do I have a context, uh, uh, you know, a discipleship group, people, friends, faith mm-hmm. friends, that are challenging me and my gathering regularly around this topic of how, how, how am I denying myself? Cause if I'm not, I'm going to be compromising. I will be deceived. Right. Yeah, right. And, uh, and what does that mean? What is this idea of crucifixion? Right? What does it mean to take up my cross? Right. In this day and age. Right. I mean, that was a, a horrific, you know, a, a, a death penalty thing. Right. Uh, what does that mean to, 
to do what Jesus did, right? right? Um, so that's well, the journey. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we're running short on time, but just to kind of close this out, Steve, if you want to give us just kind of um, the practical aspect, I mean, one thing that you talked about was activity without anointing is compromised. Uh, maybe close us out, like, how do we pursue, like, what is anointing even mean, an yeah. anointed activity? What yeah. What is that, and, and how would these, you know, these listeners go about their week um, pursuing that anointed activity instead of just being busy? Awesome. Yeah, that's something that we, boy, I, and the Lord's been working with me on. We're spirit people, meaning that we're saved uh, by the blood of Jesus and uh, by the Holy Spirit coming inside us and awakening our spirit to be alive to God. And the whole life that we're to, to lead and follow is by the Spirit. And Galatians says to keep in step with the Spirit, right? And, uh, and therefore, we'll get the fruit of the Spirit. The life of God will come alive. And so the idea of living in anointing, and that word is all through the Scripture, right? We've been anointed by the Spirit of God. And, but then Paul goes on, Ephesians says, be filled, be continually filled. We need more and more anointed. We need more and more because the flesh, right, is this idea of denying myself is so, such an ongoing daily right thing. And uh, so, I, but when I think of uh, anointing, I think it's back to the question, am I alive? And it's the reality of the Spirit of God alive in my soul. Do I know Him? To be able to be honest with these questions and have a context to work with people, to journey on this. Do I know Him? Uh, how do I know He's alive, right, in, inside me? And that's going to look, there's vast ways that anointing, you know, that we know of the reality of the Holy Spirit right, in, li- in our life. But this is the course of discipleship where we need to encourage each other on. And so that'd be my encouragement for folks is uh, God has, Jesus, at the beginning of this, he says, I'm the one who has, right, the seven spirits. Mm. Jesus is the one who has all the heavenly re- resources of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he says, ask, seek, knock, and he will give forth. He tells us in Matthew that um, we ask and the Father will give us. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So it begins with, in uh, asking and a desire. That's good. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully this midweek check-in uh, was beneficial for you guys. We're going to be here every Wednesday, released every Wednesday, uh, just discussing in some more of those root issues. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us. We have an email address, rootissues, R-O-O-T-I-S-S-U-E-S, at ccaspen.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>